The Gundog Notebook Podcast is presented to you by OnX Hunt, crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the OnX Hunt app from your phone's app store today and check out onxmaps.com for more inside Onyx. Also, the Gun Dog Notebook is brought to you by Yukonuba Sporting Dogs. Sporting Dogs give us everything they got and then some. Their nutrition should do the same. Learn more about Yukonuba Sporting Dog and the premium performance blend at yukonubasportingdog.com. I also want to bring to you Garmin. Build a better dog with devices for tracking and training, from obedience to hunting and limiting nuisance barking. Get exactly what you need to make a life with your hunting buddy that much better. The Gun Dog Notebook is also brought to you by Dakota 283 Kennels. Check out the new Tano compatible kennel. The Dakota T1 Kennel has a lower profile than our standard kennels and is designed to easily fit in the back of a pickup under a Tano cover. Check them out now. Also presented to you by Lion Country Supply, the Gun Dog World's premium gun dog supplier check him out now all right guys so i want to talk about onyx maps i'm hoping that i can get this podcast out in a decent amount of time because black friday just uh just 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 ended but you guys have one day one hour 56 minutes and 39 seconds to use the thanks three zero code um to access your 30 percent off onyx map subscription and um you know if not then we'll definitely make sure that you guys can use my discount code uh gdn20 to get 20 percent off your subscription so i'm hoping that i can get this out to you in a decent amount of time get that extra 10 percent off onyx maps whether it's public and private land boundary state specific hunting layers land ownership information off-grid usage the onyx hunt app is your best option for both scouting and infield use so check that out now. Also, so speaking of running around and walking and talking with Mr. Mo Lindley, good old Vegas, boy, he, he, he never ceases to impress me, man. That dog stretched out in range. We had a chance to run him today and he looked like a beast out there. So he couldn't have done that without the use and the feed of Yukonuba Sporting Dog Premium Performance 3020 formula. So please, guys, go check that out now. It, I promise you, your dog is going to look like a champ out there stretching out and getting that field trial range, that all-age range, and all kinds of stuff like that. So with that being said, here's the podcast with Maurice Lindley. All right, guys, this is the Gun Dog Notebook podcast, and I am sitting at the kennel. Thanks to uh, Mr. Maurice Lindley. I'm sitting at his kennel. He kept Ruger in Vegas for me, and I have the privilege and the chance to talk to him about some of his training. Um, You know, this is a a really, really, really good episode, and there's a lot to learn from Mr. Lindley. So stay tuned. I want to go, you know, and get all these questions knocked out. I got 50 million of them. So, Mr. Lindley, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. All right. All right. So, first of all, thank you <laughs> for thank for you. for keeping my dogs and and for joining me on this podcast. Thank you, sir. So, 
tell us a little bit more about your background and your upbringing. And did you have any influences or anyone starting starting you out and, and your earliest bird work? Well, no, my dad, he got me and my brother both hunting, but it was mostly squirrel, rabbit, whatever. Mm-hmm. We didn't have... We didn't have a dog yeah. back then. Uh, my first experience with bird dogs, I was probably maybe 10 years old. Yeah. And my neighbor, Richard Hill, invited me and my brother to go quail hunting with him. Okay. He had four siders. Wow. So, the first covey of birds that they pointed, I still remember the dog's name. Yeah. Okay. Jenny pointed. Uh-huh. Both, all his dogs were English setters. Jenny pointed. And the other one, a white setter named Passion, she was backing. Yeah. So, from that, from that site on, I was hooked. Yeah. I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a bird hunter. I'm going to train dogs. I didn't have bird dogs. We hunted some with him. He had had four top-notch setters. Yeah. And he bred Jenny to his good male dog, Dan, Mm -hmm. and had a litter of puppies the next well, late summer, early fall. Mm-hmm. So, I, I went over there. Me and my brother went over there to see those puppies. I thought I was one of these puppies. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked my, I said, Mr. Teal, I said, how much of these puppies? And I ain't asked mom and daddy <laughs> nothing, but I'm going to get me one of these puppies. He said, them puppies are $6 a piece. What? I thought, oh, man, that's a lot of money by the animal. <laughs> anyway. No I papers, wish. No nothing. So, I, I ain't got six dollars. Yeah. So me and my brother, we raked leaves, we cleaned gutters, and when we had six dollars, we went over there and we got us a male setter puppy. His wow. name was Hoss. Okay. So that's what started all for me. It was just, man, I was just got totally engrossed in it. I mean, for yeah. the first time I saw this dog's work, I thought, this is what I got to do. Really? So. And so I had Hoss, the setter, uh-huh. and my older cousin, he was a big bird hunter. He had Britons. Okay. So, when he had a litter, I talked my dad into He said, okay, can I buy one of them puppies? He said, sure. Right. So, I bought that puppy. And about a year and a half later, he had another litter, and I bought another puppy. So, I'm up to three. So, I read everything I get my Mm-hmm. Didn't understand nothing, but I read everything, okay? <laughs> yeah. But I fooled those dogs every day. Yeah. And later on, I met 
a super bird dog trainer yeah. up in Maiden, North Carolina, Paul Long. Okay. So I started going up there. As soon as I could drive, I drive at 100 miles every day that I was off work. Really? And I'd word the fire out of him. I followed him around. Watched him work dogs, asked a million questions, got him to show me things to do. Mm -hmm. And one time I was up there with my, it would, it would have been my youngest, Brittany. His name was Rusty. And I, between him helping me and me just sort of bumbling around with him at home, I ended up getting this dog well broke. Really? And I was up there and he told me, he said, you know, he said, we're having a little field trial over here at uh, close to Lake Norman. Yeah. Said, if you enter that dog, said, you'll win a prize. I was like, you got to be kidding me. He said, no. He said, enter that dog. Really? Name the club is Cool Springs. It's that club still in existence today. Really? Yep. Okay. Okay. So here I go, me and my dog. I I have never been nowhere. So I find the field trial grounds. I get out and everybody there's got pointers and satters. Yeah. And here I am. I got a breath now. I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, this is gonna be different. So all right, it was a walking trial. I run him in the open shooting dog. Sure enough, he got first place. What? I thought, man, I said, there ain't nothing to you there. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was, that was messed up. Thought. I got education later, but I did. I got lucky. I yeah. got first place. Yeah. So, really, from that time on, I'm like, well, I'm going to be a dog trainer. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. And I took my first paying dog. Well, actually, it was two dogs. One puppy I sold, my Brittany puppy, and a drummer short hair. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the guy's name now from uh, West Virginia. Okay. He was a grouse hunter. Okay. So he gives me these two dogs, and he, and he paid me monthly to work with these dogs. So I started, I guess you could, if I'm getting paid, I guess I started Yeah. <laughs> when I was 16 years old. Wow. Always hunted, always had bird dogs, but I was always more into the actually training part of it. Mm -hmm. Now I love to hunt. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like wild bird hunt. I love that. I field trials some in NBHA trials. I don't know for maybe 15, 18 years. Okay. Had good dogs. I was competitive, but I didn't. I just didn't like to be away from home. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't bad, but you'd have to be gone Friday, Saturday, and come home Sunday. Mm -hmm. And if you're working. My main part of my business, I mean, I was working dogs part-time at this time and had a uh, second shift job yeah. in the cotton mill. So I worked the cotton mill from 4 in the afternoon to 12 midnight. I'd come home, go to bed, I'd get up and I'd work dogs. Mm -hmm. Until about 1 o'clock. Yeah. 
and then I start getting ready to go to my other job. Wow. So it was really a labor of love. Yeah. And just, it's, it's what I want. I knew that's what I wanted to do mm-hmm. from the time I was, I mean, a little guy. Mm-hmm. And I've been fortunate to meet really, really good people, good, good trainers that, that took me under their wing. Right. Um, most trainers, if they know you're serious, they will they'll do anything in the world to help you. Yeah. Now, if you're not serious, they they ain't gonna spend a whole lot of time with you. Yeah. Because it's wasting their time. Mm-hmm. But if you're serious and they know you're serious, they're gonna help you. They're gonna help. I met Dave Walker, Brittany Pro. I had him come out and do a seminar. Uh, that was very enlightening. That's really? kind of, yeah, I mean, I'd been training dogs for 15 years, but I got to a point where I felt like I was stagnant. I knew okay. there, was, there was more. There had to be a better way. Right. So Dave opened my eyes to that. Now, how, how did he do that? Well, just his method of training. Okay. He learned from Bill West. Okay. And Miss Gibbons. And to me, Bill, it's the West method. Okay. 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 Uh, I met, it wasn't long after I met Dave Walker and had that seminar. I thought, well, shoot, if Bill West taught him some stuff, I, I could still hear then. So. Yeah. I'm like, what's his phone number? So I started <laughs> aggravating the crap out of him. And he's a nicest guy. Yeah. And he was like, we talked often. You know, he was in Arizona and I'm here in South Carolina. And I, but I was already, I was already learning the method from watching Dave's videos. Mm-hmm. And then Bill West did a video. Mm-hmm. Name of it was Teaching Labs to Point. Hmm. And in my opinion, it's the best dog training video out there as far as showing the West method yeah. of training. It wasn't long. We were friends. Yeah. And I, he said, I'm going to come out there and do a seminar. I said, well, that's cool. All right. <laughs> So I set it up, man. I mean, some people on the East Coast never heard of them, but a lot of real serious people, especially in fell trials, they knew mm-hmm. Bill West. Right. No matter where they lived. Right. He was a dog trainer. Dog trainer. Right. He fixed more dogs. Yeah. I mean, problem dogs, stuff like that. I mean, you watch me run dogs out there today, and it was young dogs, but we're not talking to the dogs a mm-hmm. lot. You didn't hear nobody say, whoa. Nope. nope. Okay. If you notice something, I'm not bragging, but the dogs retain their style. Right. Okay, so... That's one thing Bill West told me. He said, "If he said I'm gonna show you mm-hmm. a better way," mm-hmm. and he did. Mm-hmm. He was patient with me. I, I'd hit, I'd hit a brick wall, mm-hmm. 
And I'd dial him up on the phone. I said, Bill, this dog's driving me nuts. And I'd tell him what dog's doing. He said, I said, okay. He said, you about got him. He said, do this or do that. Yeah. So you just about got him. said, don't quit. And sure enough, it is, it's really all about being persistent. It's about having a good program. But it's about being persistent and consistent with the dogs. Right. So. Oh, and, and, and go ahead. his partner, Bill Gibbon, uh-huh. I got to be real good friends with him after Bill West passed away. Mm-hmm. Super guy. Bill Gibbon passed away a couple, yeah. maybe two years ago. Now, did Bill West and Bill Gibbons were there any differences in them or were they the same? Well, you talking about work the same or work together? Work the same. Work the same. Yes, the foundation was exactly the same. Okay. Bill Gibbons took it to a different level by using the collar in a way, the electric collar in a way that actually enhances the work you're doing with the pence collar. Okay. And it, it became more hands-off type okay. training. Okay. And that's the really the only difference was, and now Bill West used a collar, electric collar, but Bill Givens really integrated that into the program, and okay. I've, I've done both. Okay. I mean, I, I follow the foundation because the foundation's got to be solid. Right. But I do a lot with the electric collar, not about correction. It's about teaching a dog a cue, mm-hmm. what to do when it feels this in this situation. <coughs> It can be it can be used as for trash breaking or something else, but it's it's really good. It's it's probably the best tool we've got mm-hmm. when you get ready to start turning your dog loose. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything I do is on the check line, hence collar and electric collar in controlled situation, mm-hmm. but. If the foundation is is laid proper with the pinch collar check cord and you integrate the electric collar during the foundation, you kind of layer things in. Then when you get to the point where you're dropping the check cord and letting that dog advance in work birds on its own, you have a way to control that dog right. at 50 yards, 100 yards or however far you can see it. Right. So the foundation was the same, but Bill Gibbons integrated more electric collar work into it. Okay. So one more question on that. So this pinch collar. Now I use this, I use this pinch collar myself. Yeah. Why... And there's a lot of different things that people use for dogs. Why do you like, why is this pinch collar so good? Why do I like to use the pinch collar? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, some of these dogs you get in, 
to train are pretty rank or pretty wild. They're kind of spoiled. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And I'll tell you, like Bill West told me, he said that collar ain't really for the dog. He said that collar is to keep that dog from abusing me. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you were check line 20 dogs in a day, mm-hmm. and you've got these big old pointers and short hairs, and they're just beating the fire out of you, you can put that pinch collar on. Now the first day might be a little bit rough, but second day they're start they're calming down and starting. So oh, I'm gonna pay attention to him. Right. It's it's not painful to him. I, I don't really jerk it. I but I'll let the dog jerk itself. Right. I'll give him ten twelve feet of rope. Mm-hmm. And he'll, that pinch collar bump. And he'll look at me when he looks at me. I'm turning and going the other way. Yeah. So he starts figuring out. Well, I need to kind of stay with this guy. See. Dogs are going to do what works best for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they learn how to escape the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And once you've got a dog paying attention, you can go on and teach pretty much anything, anything you, want. you want. Okay. Okay. So um, I got another question for you. Um, let me go down. Oh, when I got here the other day, we were talking about plantations. So can you talk about your stories that you told me about the dogs that you sold to each away plantation and what was that experience like? And can you talk about the process of selling a dog to a plantation and, um, you know, what that process is like? Oh, talking about the, uh, the young dogs I would sell to the, mm-hmm. South Georgia plantations. Yeah, yeah. we. Uh, I had a friend that was was working down in Albany, and mm-hmm. he was kind of a consultant on two big, well, two big plantations, one smaller one. Mm-hmm. And so, me and my brother, we would raise. A litter, maybe two litters of puppies. Okay. And we wouldn't sell them as puppies. Yeah. We developed them as for these plantations. Mm-hmm. So every March, just about as soon as the bird season ended, we would make a trip to Pineham Plantation mm-hmm. and the Itchway Plantation. And... It, man, it was it was awesome. I mean, both places were awesome, but it's a way plantation. It was when you drove in, it was like you stepped back in time. Really? It, yeah, it was really <laughs> set up and super nice. Both of them are nice, but it just give you that feeling of being back like in 1950s. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I just want to take a step back and say thank you to all of the great trainers. Um, all of the old heads that have really set the foundation for what it is that we do in the bird dog world now and in this community. Um, I think it's important to just give us a, a show of gratitude to those folks that came before us. Um, and I want to thank you guys for encouraging me to continue to push the history and, and all of the narratives that have made up, you know, this bird dog thing that we're, we're doing right now. So. 
I'm looking forward to doing more, guys. I just wanted to say thank y'all in the middle of, of, of this particular podcast. So I would start, we would, me and my brother would start all these young dogs. We'd yeah. have them hunting good, handling good, broke to the gun. Some of them would be further along than others. Some of them would be almost broke. Some of them would be just started, mm-hmm. which that's what they were looking for. And they would pick out, we would usually take 15 or 16 young dogs. Okay. And most of the time, we would sell what we had. Now, time or two, you'd have a dog that just wasn't far along or wasn't going to work out for that country. Mm-hmm. So you'd bring that home. You just a good dog. You just you worked it for a sheep reserve or somebody's personal hunting dogs. Mm-hmm. But at one time, uh, this is going to be a rough guess, but I'm going to say probably 50 corners and setters in each way kennel working meat. Wow. And that many or more at Pineland Plantation. (laughs) Good Lord. It was a, it was a, it gave me a chance to see Mm -hmm. just a, totally different mm-hmm. bird hunting experience yeah. to go on uh, all wild bird hunt mm-hmm. where they got mule drawn wagons mm-hmm. they've got the dog that fetches sitting up there next to the wagon drivers the handlers are on horseback they've got scouts so they got two pointers running dog come up pointing back they called the gunners in. They good, and boy, they were funny about safety. Now you had to be, if you weren't safe, you ain't. You wasn't gonna be there alone. Right. But good hunters. Right. This was in invite only type deal. It wasn't right. where you paid to go hunting. Where you. Right. Where you needed a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> you um. Uh, it's a great spirit. I met some of the nicest people, the dog trainers. Yeah. On itch away. Uh, the ones I dealt with back then, one of them's name was Rev, the mm-hmm. Reverend. Mm-hmm. As he preached, and I think he had about three little churches down yeah. there. And the other one, I don't know what his name was, but it was A.B. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was on its way, and then C.J. Trice on mm-hmm. Pine Plantation. Mm-hmm. Just salt earth people, great. I mean, they're really good dog trainers. Too. Right, right. So the guy's its way, the manager, he would tell them, he said, hot fellas, he said, y'all go out there. We need this many dogs. He said, you pick out what you want to work. He said, I'm not going to bother you. This is in March. I said, come October, I'm going to bother you mm-hmm. if they're not ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it just, it was just a great experience. Right. right. And, I mean, I've met just 
kid people all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, maybe, I can't remember how many years ago, but not that long me and Harold Ray became friends. Mm-hmm. And that, those kind of relationships uh, just kind of unreal. I mean, these, these all these guys are Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know what? They deserve it. Mm-hmm. Harold's one of the most humble men I've ever met in I know. my life. I met him. He is great. And he has accomplished so much. Yep. But you know what? He gives back. And I think that's what we all ought to be doing mm-hmm. is you get young people in there or you get people, maybe, maybe they're not young, but they have a real knack for dogs. Mm-hmm. They want to learn. You help those people. Yeah. I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm not looking for for money for doing that. Right. I tell people, I said, if you want to come hang out and work dogs, Let's do it. Come on. Well, you no and you invited me, and I'm gonna take you up on that. I'm Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you up. Hey, you got to see kind of how things are on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yep. Just about every Saturday, I'll have okay. Laurie, she's from Virginia. Sean's yep. from. Close to Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Dwayne and his wife are from uh, Clarksville, Georgia. They're here just about every weekend. Yeah. And then the local people, they come, they want to work dogs. Work dogs. Man, Saturday is my day yeah. to enjoy clients and enjoy friends. Yeah. And I always enjoy my dogs. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate it. And I, I want to talk a bit more about Harold Ray um, and talk about the litter of pups that you and Harold are currently bringing and the ones that you showed me on Wednesday when I dropped my dogs off, uh, the ones that are back there. Uh, I, I, I actually just saw them. I own them. Okay. Uh, I've, I've sold some young dogs to Harold and his son Doug. Okay. So it's it's a breeding. It just it just kind of clicks. Just kind of clicks. When I find something that clicks, I stick with it. I'm yeah. not jumping around. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with that. But and that gives me a chance. Most of my business is gun dogs, training personal hunting dogs, or some plantation dogs. Mm-hmm. But with Harold, it gives me a chance. He gets uh, he gets a look at these young dogs. If I keep young dogs, I, I think, well, I got one up here that maybe you ought to look at. Right. So if it works out, mm-hmm. then it goes, it, it goes to him and Doug. Right. And that, gives, that way I've got some dogs that are competing in shooting dog trials right. at a high level. Right. So... It's just the relationships like that work mm-hmm. out well. I don't feel trial anymore. I right. love working dogs. That's what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, so 
with that, um, what do you think makes the culture of bird dogs so special in the South as opposed to many other places in the country? Wow. Growing up around this part of South Carolina, it was just, it was a natural thing because we had wild birds when right. I was growing up. Now, not so much. Mm -hmm. But the culture has stayed alive because people remembering their grandpa taking mm -hmm. them hunting and stuff like that. Now, we, we really don't really don't have a huntable population of wild birds now. Right. But <clears throat> this is where some of the shooting reserves come in. That's a good business. Mm -hmm. That keeps people in the field enjoying their dogs. Right. Also, you have people that do like AKC hunt tests. Right. You have walking trials. You have you still have a pretty good set of horseback trials. But you've got AKC trials, you got American Field trials, you got AKC hunt test program. So a lot of people are competitive mm -hmm. and they find their niche in that. Then you right. got other other folks, they want to go and enjoy right. friends mm -hmm. and their bird dogs. So mm -hmm. they go to shoot reserve. Okay. Or they'll have a friend that has land. Mm -hmm. They'll buy their birds, they'll release them maybe in the morning and they'll start hunting yeah. late morning or maybe early afternoon. Yeah. So I tell people, like people ask me, said, y'all got any birds around there? I said, man, yeah. I said, you can shoot as many as you can buy. I said, yeah. you buy them by the, the box full. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Okay. It's, it's fun. The people you meet are, are, good, are good folks. Right, right. Okay, all right. So in your book, Training with Mo um, by Martha Greenlee. Um, can you talk about Martha as a friend and how she developed the book and what was that process like? Yes, I would love to talk about <laughs> Martha. Uh, she is one of my best friends. Okay. We actually met, I'm trying to think if it was, might have been. She came to a Bill Gibbons seminar at my place. Okay. Now, she had been bringing Dave Walker to her place. Okay. In Pennsylvania for years, doing seminar every year. Mm-hmm. So, I met Martha at, at that Bill Gibbons seminar, and mm -hmm. we just got to be friends, and I was... I was a, lot, a whole lot younger yeah. back then, so I'm still kind of new, new guy on the block. Yeah. But for some reason, we just we just hit it off. Right. And at the next seminar that Dave did for her that that spring, mm -hmm. they were talking. And Cliff Shire was with him. They they went around and did seminars. And 
she asked him about me, and they, they both said, well, so, uh, he probably, that guy said, we're pretty impressed with him. Right. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> so it started there, and a little bit later, um, a year or so later, yeah. I did a seminar for Martha. Okay. And she told me, she said, you need you need to do a book. I said, I'm, I'm no writer. <laughs> I said, I, I can't get my thoughts, Yeah, you know, on paper like I want to. And not long after that, she told me, she said, I'm going to write your book. Yeah. She said, you want to work together? I said, sure. <laughs> and I, people won't believe this, but I think it took us almost three years to really? complete because she's writing other books mm -hmm. and she looks at writing a book like building a house yeah she's got certain things mm -hmm. her certain way that works yeah so we did a lot of she would visit and she would ask questions mm -hmm. And she would tape record it. Yeah. And then she would go home and she would write. And mm -hmm. we corresponded through email. Yeah. You know, almost every day probably. Wow. So, and we became really close friends. She comes. I go and do a seminar for up at her place in mm -hmm. April. And she comes here maybe three or four times a year, and we work dogs together. We call it dog time. We yeah. just want to hang out, yeah. work dogs. If you tried something new, let's talk about that, stuff right. like that, because dog training, if you're paying attention, it should always be evolving. Mm -hmm. You don't, I'm not going to ever get to a point where I think I know everything. There's right. always something else to learn. Yes, sir. And just when you think you know something, <laughs> somebody will bring you a dog that'll make, it'll make you claw your hair out. It'll drive right. you crazy. You got to yep. figure out a way to get this dog to understand what you want. Mm -hmm. So. Those they're tough, but those are the those are the dogs mm -hmm. that are going to advance you as a trainer. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to train every dog that comes to you. Yeah, some of them just do not have the natural talent. It's it's not the dog's fault. They're still good for something. Just they can be that. a good pet and a good companion, or a dog that runs with you. Or something like that, but not every dog's not gonna. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna make the grade. Not not that many, but some, some just of them don't. just won't. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, I really do. So, if let me see, what is your analysis of bird dogs or trainers today, and are there any insights to the training? Um, for younger generations of trainers that folks should be thinking about? I think there's a lot of excellent trainers out here today. Now, they don't, uh, I mean, they train different mm -hmm. than 
what I, the way I train, but they may use different tools. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the, the better trainers are still, their philosophy is pretty much, the good trainer's philosophy is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it might be different tools. Yeah. Or different time schedule. I, I tell people when they bring me a dollar, the first thing you want to know is how much it costs per month. Right. Next thing is how long is it going to take. I tell them, I say, ask your dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't tell people, oh, well, I can do such and such in a month, or mm-hmm. I can do this in three months. Yeah. Every dog's different. And if you get in a rush, it's going to end up taking longer because you're going to leave fingerprints on the dog or you're going to cause a problem that you have to fix. Mm -hmm. So getting in a hurry is not the best way to go. Right, right. Slow and steady. And Bill West's saying was, well, you just keep showing him until he starts doing it. Yeah. And I said, well, okay, Bill. I said, don't tell me a whole lot, but I understand. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. just takes time. Okay. And it takes dedication. Okay. Okay. So, All right. Well. There are, there are lots of good trainers out there. For sure. I think so. Um, hopefully, I'll get there. <laughs> hopefully, I will get there one day. Um but I got a lot to learn. I got a whole we lot. We all to learn. do. Don't ne- never ever stop learning. Yeah. yeah. Every dog you work with, or every dog you're around, that somebody else is working with, yeah. they, they can teach you something. Yeah. That's what I tell people when they do. If I've got people coming on Saturday, I'm like, okay, now the best thing if y'all want to learn stuff is don't sit up there next to the fire yeah. with your dog and waiting on me to help you. I said, Get put your dog up and you just follow along in the field. Right. Watch each dog work, ask questions, whatever. But I said, you'll learn more following along, talking to the other people. Um, Ask me questions or whatever, but mm-hmm. I mean every dog's different, mm-hmm. and they'll see dogs at all stages of training. Everything from a puppy's first bird to mm-hmm. bird introduction. They'll see the gun introduction. They'll see dogs that were check check cording and beginning to get broke on birds. Right. So. I'm a person, I, I, I can watch somebody do something, and that helps me mm-hmm. more so than reading it or somebody telling me. Right. Be a doubt. They can't tell yeah. me much anymore. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So my last, my last question um, is a little bit of a side note, but while you kept my dogs, did anything stand out to you about my pointer pup? I'm just curious. Well, yeah, but y'all can tell both both dogs, the, the lab and the pointer, they've they've been brought up right. Well, thank okay. you, <laughs> thank you. No, they have they have good kennel manners, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. 
Some of them known. Yeah. A lot of them known. <laughs> you know, you can tell. I can tell your dogs as they've had time put in into. Uh, they like to eat. Yeah. They do that. <laughs> uh, but without having them in the field, yeah. I, I can tell the, the the pointer is a real classy dog. Well, Just looking at him. Well, and, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, you look at him and think, oh, that's a good-looking son of a gun. Uh, okay. I bet he's a cow cracker. Yeah, he is. You know, I uh, When we finish, if you have time, I was going to see – if we can run them once or twice, um, if we have time. We can go across the road over there and run. All right, well, let's do it. Um, Absolutely. Let's do it. So before we do that, I want to ask, how can listeners and interested folks find you? I'm, I'm easy to find. <laughs> uh, right around. Okay. Facebook. South Greenwood with your winter down when you hear a bunch of dogs barking. That'd be me. <laughs> nah. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, my kennel is Lindley's kennel. Mm-hmm. It's actually in Piedmont. That's where, that's where my business was to you, but I ended up a couple of years ago moving here because everything was growing up around there. Yeah. So I moved to training kennel here. Okay. So <clears throat> we're listed. I mean, okay. you can do a Google search. Okay. Uh, probably the easiest way. Okay. Or I'm on Facebook. Yep. And, and I'm easy to find. Yep. And my buddy, Terry Martin. Terry. Terry told yeah. me to give you tell me told me to tell you hello. Terry's, Terry's a good guy. Man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I talk I call him a lot, and and we talk dogs and stuff. He's a good dude. Yeah, so I he like Terry. he told me to tell you hey. Hey, I won't tell you what he told me. What he say? You just check out this. Yeah. Hey, come down here, want a puppy? Uh huh. <laughs> I said, well, Terry, come on down and look at these puppies. Hey, seven, eight weeks old, we turn them all out. Uh-huh. They run around. This one puppy just drawn to it. Yeah. He picked them up, and that puppy, <laughs> licking his face, licking his cheeks, he said, look there, mate. This puppy loves chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I like the foul. <laughs> That dang Terry is silly. Yeah. Terry is a good dude, though. I I I'm supposed to go and hunt grouse with him oh, one wow. of these days. So, and I'm gonna take him down. Don't let and, him get you in trouble, up there, man. Terry is is a troublemaker. I he's love him though. He's a good guy. I I love him though. He um I spoke to him as I was coming here. Um, so I'm gonna tell him you said hey. Yeah. I'm gonna tell him. Well, Mr. Lindley. Thank you so much. I mean, oh, man, I appreciate it. And, and thank you for keeping my dogs. And I'm interested before the sun goes down and run them one or twi- once or twice and, and see how he does. Find Steve Bird. All right, let's do All it. Right? Thank you so much. Good deal. Thank, thank you, man. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, this is the end of the Gundog Notebook podcast with Mr. Maurice Lindley, Mo Lindley, the 
legendary Mo Lindley. So, again, we will uh, see you guys next week. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. All right, guys, I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gundog Notebook. This is going to be a thing, the Gundog Notebook Live. Um, and so thank you for tuning into the Instagram feed, to the podcast, while you're listening to it on work, on the road, going to hunting, and wherever you're at. Uh, thanks to my sponsors, my title sponsor, absolutely, Onyx uh, Hunt. Also, you can do the Sporting Dog, Garmin, uh, Dakota 283 Kennels, Lion Country Supply, um, the folks that support my writing, Project Upland and the Northwoods Collective, uh, Orvis, and, you know, just the good folks that make all of this possible for me. So thank you again, and we'll stay tuned for another episode of the Gun Dog Notebook next week.